Yes, babe. The whining dog. The whining dog. <laughs> Every day is a whining dog. <laughs> I get a little bit closer. Every day is a screeching cat. I get a little bit closer to that cat. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. This is episode 15. Is it really? We've done 15. Well, we've done 14 of these. If we get through this one, we'll have done 15 of these. I like that number. Yeah, you like 15? It's a nice five times three number. (laughs) It is the best five times three number. You're absolutely right. I can't. I, I can't know. doubt. I can't doubt that statement. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> we are in different environs today. Yeah. We are at the home of John and Willow, friends of mine, uh, and we have different cats here today. And we will post pictures of these cats because these cats they are amazing, are gorgeous cats. You'll be seeing pictures of Rufio and Bastion. Rufio, named after a character in Hook. Bastion after a character in the never ending story. Never ending story. Never ending story. Ah, <laughs> Close I hear, your eyes. I hear that song when I'm shopping in grocery stores. <laughs> Just in your head? Or no, like in the like music? Over the, yeah, in the music. It's weird. <laughs> You're picking out some lettuce. Close your eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at what you see. <laughs> Bananas on sale. <laughs> yeah. Free for a um, <laughs> I will be surprised if we don't hear from one or both of the kitties as we go on. They are amazing looking cats. And again, they look like little model cats. Oh. Like they're going to be in like Vogue, like Cat Vogue magazine. And I'm going to feel like jealous like they, they i'm really, never gonna look like those cats <laughs> they really do look like they were airbrushed by somebody their their coats are just incredible and they're very friendly and they're very uh happy little kitties and right now they're sniffing around everything trying to figure out where they can fit into this podcast uh so we will probably hear from them i hope we do oh yeah but right now, let's uh, announce the winners to last week's audio round. Last week, of course, a lot of Star Wars. And we played some songs where they mentioned characters or situations from Star Wars and some of the other Star Wars movies. And uh, we had some entries, and we had a winner, and we're going to hear that winner's name right now. Congratulations to Darth Molly. You are an evil genius. Here are the answers. Bicycle race by Queen. Firewater burn by the Bloodhound Gang. A new hope by Blink 182. Triple trouble by the Beastie Boys. Supermodel by the Presidents of the United States of America. Wonderful by Everclear. Yoda by Weird Al Yankovic. Congratulations! Oh, the force was with you. Apparently. Yes. Well done. All right. Well, let's get started with the regular show. You ready? Ready. Let's do it. (laughs) 
It's now time for the lightning round. This is the part of the podcast where Paul and I ask each other five amazing questions. They are always amazing. Except for last week, mine's weren't that amazing. That was a tough round. <laughs> I'm still bruised from I'm that cars sorry. round. sorry, it was bad writing. It's okay, it it's okay. I can, I can take it. So this week I have for you... Around on candy. Ooh, candy. <laughs> now coming we up, won't <laughs> Coming up to the next of the stage. Please love the lovely candy. Uh, fine. Fine candy. Great. I'm excited for some candy. Uh, your uh, theme this week is uh, initials. Okay. Initials. Could be a lot of different things. Yeah. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. All right. Here we go with the lightning round. On The Simpsons, what name does the J stand for in Homer J. Simpson? It stands for J. That is correct. <laughs> well done. The little flag that sticks out at the top of a Hershey kiss is called a plume. What was the original purpose for the plume? For the machinery to grab and to put it into a box? That's a good guess. Okay. But no. Okay. Originally, it was put in there to distinguish it from, like, knockoffs. Oh, right, so, right. Like, this is a real Hershey kiss. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's a little trademark thing. Mm -hmm. Ask for it by name. Um, question number two. What does the F in F. Scott Fitzgerald stand for? Franklin? Very close. Francis. Oh, Lots of Francis's back then. Right. So, yeah, Francis for F. Scott Fitzgerald. Did you read, ever read any F. Scott Fitzgerald? Yeah, the Gatsby's. The Gatsby's. All the Gatsby's? The one. The Gatsby's go west. <laughs> Son of Gatsby. Little house on the Gatsby. <laughs> the Gatsby games. You're going to get this one. <laughs> oh, these predictions just put more pressure on. Three tons of what kind of candy were served at the 1981 inauguration of Ronnie Reagan. Oh, those were the jelly beans. Yes. Yes, he made a big deal about how much he loved jelly beans. I read all about that today. Yeah? You know what kind of jelly beans they were? They were jelly bellies. Right, there was a huge run on jelly bellies after Reagan became president. They became the most popular jelly bean in the, in the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it say what flavor he preferred? Licorice. Ooh. That like was a, his favorite flavor. I like a licorice jelly bean. Ugh. Really? Ugh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> Only for me and certain presidents. <laughs> uh, question number three. The Soviet Union was known in America by the initials USSR. But what were the four initials that they called it in the Soviet Union? There's no R in there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. Uh, that was a CCCP was the Soviet Union's initials for really? themselves. CCCP. So I wish I could, uh, <laughs> could tell you what CCCP stood for, but it's in Russian and I can't read it. Well, I feel like both of us are dumb. Yes. Very, very much so. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh. Sorry to bring you down to my level. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> what a level to be at. <laughs> Ready? Aim. Next Fire. question. Due to their durability in all weather conditions, what small candies were added to soldiers' rations during World War II despite having been invented by an Austrian? Is that M&M's? No, it's Tootsie Rolls. Oh, okay. Tootsie you can Rolls. Say they're pretty durable. They're pretty durable. They're, they're, and you could uh, probably... They're like, they're like tiny little turds. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking if they ran out of bullets, they could just pop a couple of those oh, in the barrels and get a get a little sweet and treat. Clog up their guns. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't have been good. Uh, question number four for you in the movie The Princess Bride. Buttercup and Wesley encounter R-O-U-S's in the fire swamp. What does R-O-U-S stand for? Oh, I used to know this. Rats of unusual size? Oh, wow. We're going to... Rodents. Rodents of unusual size. There we go. There we go. You got it in for the ding. Got it in for the ding. (laughs) Very close, though. I was reaching for that bell. I was reaching for it. You saw me reaching for it. Rodents of unusual size. Love that movie. It's a good Love love that movie. It's a good movie. A 1959 campaign in Sweden to only eat candy one day a week used the line, all the sweets you want, but only for a week, started the Swedish tradition of buying candy every Saturday. What was the campaign originally promoting? So I'm trying to think of my Swedish candies, and I really cannot think of Swedish candies right now. So I will say, oh, no. It's not about the candy. Oh, it's not about the candy. Well, I'm trying to name the candy, aren't I? No. Oh, okay. It's what the campaign was promoting. Uh, it's like a public thing. Oh. Um, dental health? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I thought they were promoting a candy. No. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. Okay, good. All right, your last question, question number five. In the TV network C-SPAN, what does the C stand for? No, cultured. No, it's not cultured. <laughs> uh, C-SPAN is the uh, cable network where you can see the uh, the Congress. Uh, debate things. It isn't. It's just cable. Oh. Cable Satellite Public Affairs Network. C-SPAN. So yeah, C stands for cable in that in that case. You know what's weird is that I watch it every day. I know. Well, you are the most well-informed <laughs> po- politician person I know. I'm the most well-informed politician. I don't you know, know what's what that... funny is that I might be. You might be right now. Right, right now. <laughs> Right now, that bar is set very low. Very low. Uh, All right. Last question for me. Voiced by nerdcore rapper MC Chris. What character on Aqua Team Hunger Force raps the song, I Want Candy? What's his name? The characters. Oh, no. Okay, there's Meatwad. He's not a regular character. Oh, oh. So he's not one of the three. Oh, then I wouldn't know because I wasn't a regular watcher of the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. His name is MCP Pants. <laughs> and I love that song. It's so funny. MCP Pants? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So I was at a um, an amusement park in Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah with four or three friends and we went to this shop and it was this giant candy store we're like surrounded by candy and my friend david gets his phone out and he starts playing that song and i'm just like doing like the running man in the middle of the candy store (laughs) so you gotta play that that's amazing oh we'll find that right away that was good all right let's see how many you got right here you got one, two, you got two right. You got two right. All right, we tied it again. Yay. How about that? We are equals among equals. I'm as smart as you. Yes, and I am as <laughs> smart as you. You were going to say I'm as dumb as you. <laughs> you almost said that. <laughs> that was a lightning round, everybody. I want candy, bubble gum and taffy. Skip to the sweet shop with my sweetheart Sandy. Got my penny safe, so I'm a sugar daddy. I'm a 
you crawling, she my Jessica Candy. I want candy. Put it in a pile, split it with my bitty, 50 50 down the line. Kinda like close encounters at the cavity kind. I'm talking licorice, kisses, talking chocolate, smiles. I want candy. I got a sugar tooth. Put on your shingle candy, cause I wanna knock boots. Lick a peppermint stick till the lollipop droop. Come drops it, don't stop till it's lit, not loose. Now it is time for game prep. We're doing something that's a little bit different this week. Uh, all of this round is going to be on Mother's Day. Mother's Day on Sunday. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first, I guess. Go first. In the 1600s, in England, the fourth Sunday of Lent was known as Mothering Day, honoring both moms and the Virgin Mary, the ultimate mom. Yes. A tradition of Mothering Day was the giving of a baked treat called Mothering Buns. (laughs) We need to bring that back. (laughs) No, we don't. Yes, we do. Here's some Mothering Buns for you, Mama. I don't want to connect my mom with the word buns. I save that for special occasions. <laughs> my mothering day don't got none. I must have got mothering buns. Man. 1872, Juliet Ward Howe first suggests Mother's Day in the United States as a day moms could gather and rally for peace. Howe is best known for writing the Battle Hymn of the Republic, the uh, Glory, Glory, Hallelujah song. It's not just a day where they can be like, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting to me that the writer of the Battle Hymn of the Republic uh, also was organizing peace rallies with moms. (laughs) It's like she had had layers. Juliet, (laughs) Juliet had some layers. 1908, Ann Jarvis becomes the first proponent of making Mother's Day a national holiday. After it became a national holiday in 1914, Jarvis hated that the holiday had become too commercial. Yes. So uh, Woodrow Wilson is the president that signed it into law, making it a national holiday. And then up to her death, she was pretty against the commercialism of the holiday, um, which I guess it became pretty commercial pretty fast, as most of those holidays do. Yeah, what do you expect for a, from a holiday? Yeah, I mean, you know, Hallmark's going to get their hands on it. <laughs> uh, you know, people are going to write songs about it. People are going to make movies about it. Um, it's going to become commercial. And people like to give gifts, and I don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with that. With with horrible commercialism? Well, as long as I'm getting something. You're not a mom. Well, we'll get to some uh, non, <laughs> non-mom presents in a moment. There's one in particular that I'm looking forward to. Mother's Day is the third biggest greeting card holiday uh, in the U.S. after Christmas and Valentine's Day. I kind of thought it might be a little bit above Valentine's Day, but I guess that's a big Mm-mm. card one. Yeah, you. This is your area yeah, of expertise. Yeah, I learned this. This is your thing. Christmas is crazy. Sure. Then Valentine's Day is like, oh my god, and then Mother's Day is like, whoa, and then there's like the whole summer to be like. <sighs> so Father's Day doesn't get a big push. Not really. Yeah. Like we have it and it happens, but it's not like Mother's Day. Carnations are traditionally worn on Mother's Day. Pink and red carnations for moms that are still alive. And white ones for those who have passed. Yeah. And the tradition, supposedly, from what I was reading, is um, based in Christianity that the carnations represent Jesus' tears. Really? Yeah, really. So we used to give carnations out at school. Oh, yeah? And 
I never got one. You never got a carnation? I never got a single one. <laughs> what, what was the occasion for carnations getting? I think it was a Valentine's thing. And it'd be like, hey, give a carnation out to somebody. Yeah, you could like buy them in advance and then they would be delivered to them while they were in class. It was like middle school, I think. Mm-hmm. Not a single one was ever delivered to me. I know we're talking about Mother's Day, but they should really just abolish the Valentine's Day school activities because nothing is worse than a child who doesn't get any cards from anybody they used to put like the little i remember in elementary school we'd have these we'd make the these boxes. ornate or mm-hmm. the one well, we had were like these ornate like construction paper folders that people could they sat on the they were like taped to the big the front of your desk uh-huh. and then people could drop in their yeah. cards so that you know you know the popular boy or girl is going to get all these cards and then maybe you get seven and then you feel bad. Well, you remember the Simpsons episode with oh, Ralph? I choose you. you. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it's just it's it's cruel and unusual. It's unconstitutional. It <laughs> Let's get rid of it. All right, gone. <laughs> uh, in most languages, I found this interesting. The word for mother begins with an M. Notable exceptions, I give you a few here. Turkish is an or ana, a n n e or a n a. In Samoan, it's tina, t i n a. And in Japanese, it's okasan or haha, which I saw it's, uh, it's kind of more of a colloquial term for mom. But really? yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, in most cultures, it's you're getting that m in there. Bastet is the Egyptian goddess of cats and family. Women who wanted to have children would wear an amulet depicting Bastet and her kittens to encourage fertility. I did not know Bastet was the uh, goddess of cats. You'd like to be surrounded by kittens, wouldn't you? Yeah, but not fertility. Well, you're not wanting to encourage (laughs) fertility in others. I understand that. Uh, You know, do what you want to do. Uh, except, I meant more you know. in myself. Oh, gotcha. No thanks. But if you could but just... surround me with cats, please. yeah, yeah, yeah. No babies, but more kitties. <laughs> babies, no kitties. Yes, <laughs> that's Monica's political platform for 2020. Babies, no kitties. Yes. She gave birth to a litter of kittens. <laughs> she was fine with it. It was happy. Yeah, <laughs> was pleased. <laughs> In the former Yugoslavia, it was a Mother's Day tradition for mom to be tied up by her kids. She would only be released after giving her kids a present or treats. That's let's, the worst. Let's bring this back. <laughs> this is amazing. And there was a picture that was drawn. And also maybe I'll post this. It was a drawn picture of a woman who's basically been tied to her bed and the kids are frolicking around the bed. And the woman doesn't look happy. Well, this is not Mother's Day at this point. This is this is children play prank on Mom Day. This is not. I mean, this is like the opposite of breakfast in bed and having a good time. This is. You're even more tortured by your children <laughs> than normal. <laughs> and then you have to give them a present. Yeah, to just to get released. I, I maybe they do something nice for her afterwards. Uh, it didn't say that. No, it didn't say that at all. <laughs> In anything that I read, it didn't say. Oh, and then the kids, you know, bring her, bring her a cake, and all is forgiven. No, they just you just wake up. It's like what day? What if you forgot it was Mother's Day? What if it just slipped your mind and you woke up and you're strapped to your bed with your kids dancing around, going, "Give me something." <laughs> What if you woke up and you forgot it was Mother's Day and you were like, oh, I forgot to tie up my mom. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and your mom's upset. She's standing over you with a, like a link of rope just going. Um, Forget something. <laughs> uh, it's once a year. You couldn't bother tying me up. You couldn't bother tying up your own mother. <laughs> oh, I had some nice presents and treats for you, but not this year. Maybe next year you'll remember to tie the knot on me. In Taiwan, Mother's Day is also Buddha's birthday. Buddhists pour fragrant water over statues of Buddha, symbolizing a fresh start. So again, and again, do what you want to do, but I think you're you're <laughs> you're you're jipping your moms over there. 
by saying, hey, you know what? Let's just let's make it Buddha's birthday too. It's not Buddha's birthday, but they made it the same day, so they just kind of combined the holidays. And it's like, I think moms are getting ripped off a little bit over there. You know what they say? They're what? like, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't you worship Buddha all year round? Yeah. You can't, like, you know, tie me to a bed you for one day. You can't tie up your mother for one <laughs> tie, day. Tie up your mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, all our mothers in all the countries kind of have some sort of East Coast vague, uh, East Coast accent. I like that. It's like a... New York Jew kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Don't you find you want to go talk to Buddha? Go talk to Buddha. <laughs> I'm not even bothered. <laughs> you forget to tie me up this year. That's fine. <laughs> last one. 2016's Mother's Day was the last film directed by Gary Marshall, who directed the holiday movies Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. Have you seen any of these movies? No, I've never even heard of them. So they're these they're these big cast movies. Oh, I might have heard the New Year's Eve one. Yeah. Does it have Christina Ricci in it? Maybe. It like possibly also plus it, it's people. one of those like Julia Roberts is in two of them, Jennifer Aniston and Kate Hudson, and it's like this very catch all like you follow four different stories right. through the the holiday. I remember the Valentine's Day one had Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner as, like, high school sweethearts. Oh, yeah, that was a trivia question. Yeah, yeah, that was a trivia question, the two Taylors. But, yeah, that was his last movie before he passed away. Um, And his daughter, Penny Marshall, was the narrator. Gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, she could be the narrator for the moms in all these different countries. She could. Oh, yeah. In all these different countries. All these different countries complaining about Buddha and uh, being strapped (laughs) down. Not being strapped down. And not being strapped down. Guys, go strap down your mother this, this, uh, and forget Buddha and tie up your mother. (laughs) That's really the message we're sending for this Mother's Day. All right, that is your game prep. All right, it is now time for tips and tricks. It's tips and tricks. Yes, it is. Well, in keeping with our our Mother's Day theme, we're going to talk about some uh, famous moms from history, and also some famous fictional moms moms we like moms maybe we don't um we're gonna talk about moms. get your moms on let's get our mom on who do you want to talk about why don't you kick well, this off okay so first i'll tell you about my favorite favorite mom which is my mom oh oh mommy yeah. <laughs> she is i'm sure the second best mom in the world uh after my mom. Um, okay. No. Moms, fight it out. <laughs> Nine rounds of bare knuckle boxing. Nine rounds. Strapped to a bed. Give us some presents. <laughs> All right. Do you have a mom from history? I do have a mom from history Let's that I'd like hear. to talk about. I would like to talk about Florence Tullis. Uh, Florence Tullis uh, was a redhead uh uh, biker babe, I guess you could call her. Uh, her nickname was Rusty. Um, she was a go-go dancer at times. She fought substance abuse at times. Uh, had a tough life. Um, she was a single mom to two sons, and her youngest was named Roy Dennis. Uh, he was born in 1961, and eventually he was diagnosed with a disease called craniodiaphyseal dysplasia, it's a rare disorder that causes um, calcium deposits to grow in the skull, leading to facial deformity and um, eventually death. Um, his nickname was Rocky. And if this all sounds very oh, familiar, Cher. this is from the movie Mask. <laughs> uh, this was a real story. And, um, you know, the doctors predicted that uh, Rocky would die very young. I think they gave him to age seven. But he made it all the way to 16. He was an honor student. 
and really it was his mom, uh, Rusty Tullis, that pushed him and pushed the doctors and pushed the school districts and pushed people around him to accept him and to not give up on her son. Oh. Um, it's an incredible movie, but it's an incredible story. You know, you can dive really deep into that story of her life and all the things that she had to fight to uh, give him uh, equal footing out there in the world despite his deformities so it's a great story i'm just reading a little bit more about rusty tellus right here uh she worked as a counselor for narcotics anonymous she was working with terminally ill patients in los angeles she really did quite a bit after uh, her son died and then in 2006 she uh, passed away uh in a motorcycle accident she was 70 years old on a motorcycle so that was kind of how she was that's kind of how she was built but uh, an incredible story. It's it's even beyond the movie. All the things that she had to go through to get uh, to get her son treated well. It's it's pretty remarkable. So hats off to Rusty Tullis. Great mom. Yes, great mom. Who's your great mom from history? My great mom is Sojourner Truth. That name sounds so familiar, and I'm going to be embarrassed to say that I'm not sure what that name is from so i recognize the name too but i didn't know so i read about it she gave birth to her children while she was being held as a slave in new york okay now this sounds familiar she gained her freedom in 1826 and was forced to leave her older children behind because this deal about abolishing slavery meant that people born after july 4th 1799 were required to complete a period of service before they were freed. Mm. So she finds out that her five-year-old son, Peter, had been sent to an Alabama plantation. He was basically sold to a southern state where slavery was still happening. And the sale was totally illegal. Like, New York's law forbade the selling of a slave out of state. Oh, wow. But the person that sold him thought he could get away with it. But she said, I will have my child again. She filed a complaint with the Ulster County Grand Jury, then raised money for an attorney. So her actions forced the seller to bring her son back to New York. Oh, wow. And he was returned in the spring of 1828. He had scars from being beaten, but she saved him from a lifetime of that mistreatment. Wow. Wow. So she did not give up. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. We hear a lot about, like, white privilege and and things like that nowadays and you know it's become a little bit of a cliche line but seriously there are (laughs) i can't even begin to imagine what that life is like yeah yeah for a lot of people like a recently freed yeah person yeah and still she fought and and raised money to do it yeah and i didn't know about that that july 4th deadline that yeah, like cut off period. Seventeen ninety nine. If you were born after that, you had to like complete some sort of service time. Like like a military sort of thing. And no, I think like a like a slave thing. Oh wow! It's like Incredible. we're doing the right thing, but not yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those <laughs> things those things change so gradually. Even if the la- the laws are in in place people are still going to uh, battle against we just want to make it like a little bit easier for white people to accept that slavery is ending (laughs) yeah just ease them into it well i'm glad to know that i'm the sojourner truth name i've heard so many times and just did not know that story so that's that's another incredible one great mom great great mom we're gonna move into some fictional moms Let's start with some fictional moms, but let's start on the not-so-nice side. Who's a fictional mom that you're like, ugh? 
Well, it's not like, uh, but she's a bad mom. Yeah. And she's just called Mom from Futurama. Futurama, uh. right on. <laughs> Hello, shoppers. It's me, Mom. Hey, who's the rocker jockey? Gah, it's Mom, the world's most huggable industrialist. Call me old-fashioned. But when my robot starts to squeak like an old screen door, well, that's when I reach for a can of Mom's old-fashioned robot oil. Ooh, tasty. And remember, Mom's oil is made with 10% more love than the next leading brand. Mom, love, and screen door are registered trademarks of MomCore. <laughs> so she owns MomCore and... Uh, mom's friendly robot company <laughs> and she is one of the richest people on earth in Futurama and she so when she's in like commercials and stuff she wears this big suit to make her look like this sweet old matronly woman right and then when she's not in public, she takes the suit off and she's like this tiny, skinny, like hard ass lady. And she has three sons and she like slaps them across the face all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fictional TV mom that's not great and it's a tie, but it's, <laughs> both of these characters were played by the same actress and that is uh, Lucille Bluth. From Arrested Development and Mallory Archer from Archer, both played by Jessica Walters. She is amazing. Yes. She is, on both shows, completely horrible. I was trying to stop a bomb plot. Oh, my God. There is no bomb. More good news. And just how do you know that? Because I made the bomb threat. Trudy Beekman booked the very last ticket on this flight, so it was all... Meh, meh, meh. I'm Trudy Beekman. I'm on the co-op board, and I'm going on a blip. Meh! So, yes, I made a phony bomb threat. Good for you. I want your brother Buster to come live with you, and it's not because he has that horrible hook for a hand now. It's the snoring. Listen to this. Buster snoring Wednesday night. It's driving me crazy. You won't even know he's here. You seem more villainous than usual, Mom. Are you sober? Michael, it's 8 a.m. So it's not that. I don't know. Maybe it's because I went off my postpartum medication. You were still taking that? You had Buster 32 years ago. And that's how long I've been depressed about him. Almost the same character. Pretty much. I mean, I Mallory... I think that was part of the deal when she said she was going to play it, is that she wanted to play it like Lucille. Oh, really? I think so. Well, that makes sense. They're very they're very similar. They're both kind of hard drinkers who treat their sons horribly and care mostly about themselves and their own image and success. Um, I'm probably a little bit more familiar with Mallory Archer because I watched more Archer than I did Arrested Development. Oh, really? Yeah. Arrested um, Development is one of my most favorite shows. Well, maybe you can speak to, to her, her character on, uh, on Arrested Development, but on Archer, she plays the, uh, the head of a... Well, they were called ISIS, but they're not ISIS anymore because there was another ISIS that kind of came into public eye and they had to change that name. <laughs> they did change it. They changed it. Well, they're pi- I think they're part of the CIA now. I haven't watched uh, recently. She gave birth to her son while on a, an assignment in Morocco in a bar... Um, it was owned by the uh, Woodhouse, the servant of uh, of Archer. Oh, yeah. Do you know why he's named that? Is it after P.G. Woodhouse? Yes, Woodhouse? because of everybody Jeeves. calls Butler just Jeeves. Jeeves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> so she doesn't know who the, the father of Archer is. There's been lots of uh, lots of possibilities. The Jackoff, who's the KGB head. There's Len Trexler, who uh, heads Odin, uh, and I think Buddy Rich, the drummer, was one maybe <laughs> one as well. But she's always got a drink in her hand. She's always absconding with funds from her agency to to do trips. She's always putting them into danger so that she can get a free trip on a blimp or get a free uh, vacation somewhere. Uh, she is, she's pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us about Lucille though. 
So Lucille Bluth is the mother of four children, all grown up mm-hmm. children. And the whole family is like this rich company owning family. But she's kind of the same. Like she's she's uh like racist. Yeah. And totally out of touch with reality as far as anyone below the super rich class goes. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes from the show is where she's talking about homosexuals and she says, everything they do is so dramatic and flamboyant, it just wants to make me set myself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad mom. That's bad momming right there. She also tells one of her children, you're my third least favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a very strange relationship with Buster. Buster, yes. Oh, my But God. Jessica Walter can play a bad mom in m- almost, almost better than anybody. <laughs> in fact, if she's played a good mom in something, I would, it, wouldn't, it probably wouldn't work. No. Probably wouldn't work like, at all. I'd be like, this isn't right. Yeah, even if it was animated and she was playing like some sort of June Cleaver mom, it would just be like, that voice is just not going to do it. <laughs> June Cleaver yeah. mom. Speaking of which, do you have a TV mom that you like, that you think was a good mom? I think Marge Simpson was a really great mom. I love we're staying in the animated because I think mine's going to be animated too, but talk a little <laughs> bit about Marge. Morning, honey. So good about having been stuck in the house by the stove. Lisa, I know you're down on homemaking, but I can really let you be creative. See, this morning I turned bacon, eggs, and toast into a nice smiley face for Bart and Homer. What's the point? They'll never notice. Oh, well, you'd be surprised. So one of my favorite... Uh, Simpsons Marge episodes is when Lisa was depressed about something and Marge had given her advice earlier about how you just kind of ignore it and smile through it Mm -hmm. and it was kind of making things worse and then Marge realized that and she said you know what you don't have to smile if you're not happy I'll smile for both of us. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good mom. That's a good mom. <laughs> that's really good. She's, yeah, she's a classic. Um, mine is a little bit newer, but I love her all the same, and that is Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Oh, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Mr. Fron. I'm going to be the most fun chaperone you ever worked with. I'll be your one and chaperone Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, he hung up. So you're in, Mom? Yeah, me and my teeny Tina are off to the heroin conference. Heroin conference? What do you mean, like a jazz concert? That really isn't the best name. What would you call a weekend-long empowerment gathering for girls with speeches from important female leaders? Sex in the City 3. Oh, I can't wait! We haven't had special Mama Tina time since we got stuck in the elevator at your orthodontist. Aw, we thought we were going to die, remember? Yeah. I just love the fact that... She is so enthusiastic for everything. Yeah. Everything is fantastic in her world. Mm-hmm. Um, and she still gets angry and she still puts people in their place and she she will be the tough mom if she needs to. But she's so like gung-ho for whatever her kids want to do, whatever they're into. She wants to be into it either. And just listening to her just – anytime she sings a song about <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving or whatever she's singing a song about – is just one of the happiest moments of watching television. So when my sister was pregnant, she was like, that's the kind of mom I want to be like. (laughs) All right. (laughs) My favorite Bob's Burger line is when she's introducing her husband to people. She's Mm -hmm. like, here's Bobby. He made your burgers and he made my babies. There's a there's a great scene when she comes home uh, from some party and she's had like maybe one glass too many of wine. Is it when she takes the crackers to bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she grabs the crackers out of the cabinet. She's like, "You're coming to bed with me, baby." <laughs> to all the moms out there, we know it's a tough job. It's 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 difficult, and we salute you, and we're glad you have your own day. 
Love you, mom. And uh, I'm glad that you don't have to share that day with Buddha. This uh, and over you don't here. have to be tied up. No, only if you ask nicely. <laughs> that look of disdain <laughs> was brought to you by Silence on the podcast. M is for the million things she gave me. O means only that she's growing old. She's growing old. T is for the tears were shed to save me. H is for her heart of purest gold. E is for her eyes with love light shining. R means right, and right she'll always be, always be. Put them all together, they spell mother. A word that means a world to me. Today's audio round in salute of Mother's Day, we have picked out some scenes from movies featuring mamas. Uh, and we're going to act them out for you, and you have to name the movie. That's all you have to do, one point each. And just so you know, we have changed any names in here to either Monica or Paul. So uh, if you hear our names in it, it doesn't mean that those are the characters. That we're just changing it to uh, make it a little bit harder. Also and, more fun. And, yes, to personalize it for ourselves. <laughs> All right, here we go with the theater. Scene one. What's the matter, Mama? I'm dying, Paul. Come on in, sit down over here. Why are you dying, Mama? It's my time. It's just my time. Oh, now, don't you be afraid, sweetheart. Death is just a part of life. It's something we're all destined to do. I didn't know it, but I was destined to be your mama. I did the best I could. You did good, mama. Well, I happen to believe you make your own destiny. You have to do the best with what God gave you. What's my destiny, mama? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Scene two. Paul, this is the third time this year you've been sent to the office. We need to find a better outlet, a more constructive outlet. Maybe I could if you let me go out for sports. Honey, you know why we can't do that. But I promise I'll slow up. I'll only be the best by a tiny bit. Paul Robert Parr, you are an incredibly competitive boy and a bit of a show-off. The last thing you need is temptation. You always say, do your best, but you don't really mean it. Why can't I do the best that I can do? Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in. And to fit in, we gotta be like everyone else. Scene three. I've got a job in a newspaper. Research assistant to Mr. Holborn Gaines. Holborn Gaines, that communist? He's not a communist, Mother. As a matter of fact, he's he's a Republican. But the terrible things he's written about Johnny. He came to interview me at the White House this morning. Afterwards, I asked him for a job. He gave it to me. We discovered that we had a great deal in common. What could you possibly have in common with that dreadful old man? Well, for one thing, we discovered that we both loathe and despise you and Johnny. And that's a beginning. Scene four. Look at this. An entire generation of Cinderella's and there's no slipper coming. You can drop me off here. Black Sabbath. Just remember, you wanted to be Atticus Finch and to kill a Mockingbird. As long as I know this is just a hobby, I'll go along with it. All I have to do is listen. That's what Lester Bangs said. I'll be waiting right here at 11 o'clock sharp. If you get lost, use the family whistle. Don't take drugs. 
Scene 5. Mom? Yeah? Do you really want to go live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, there's hardly anybody to play with around here. Yeah, I know. It always takes a little time to make new friends. Yeah, I guess so. What about Tony? He's looking forward to the hotel, I bet. No, he isn't, Mrs. Dorrance. (laughs) (laughs) Scene 6 I'm Monica Boggs. I'm your local Avon representative, and I'm as harmless as cherry pie. Oh my, I can see that I've disturbed you. How stupid of me. I'll just be going now. Don't go. Oh my, what happened to you? I'm not finished. Uh, put those down. Don't come any closer. Just please, are those your hands? Those are your hands. What happened to you? Where are your parents? Your mother? Your father? He didn't wake up. Are you alone? Do you live up here all by yourself? What happened to your face? You know, I won't hurt you, but at the very least, let me give you a good astringent and this will help to prevent infection. What's your name? Paul. Paul? I think you should just come home with me. Scene 7 Are those pussy willows? What did you just say? Pussy willows, Paul. All right, that is your audio round. Send in your answers, the movie titles, to quizfix at gmail.com or go to our website, quizfix.net, go to the contact page and put your answers in there. And please, as you're emailing in, let us know where you're uh, coming from, where you're listening, and we would love to know your location. Um, Monica, remind everybody where you host uh, during the week. I host Tuesdays at Fitzgerald and Ballard and Wednesdays at the Blue Grouse in Georgetown. I host Mondays at the Skylark in West Seattle, Tuesdays at the Crown Bar in Tacoma, and Thursdays at the local 907 in Renton. All of those are free. All of those start at 730 and all of them are a lot of fun. There's also Murphy's at Wallingford at 7.30 with Jason hosting. And that is in all ages as well as the Skylark. And May 22nd, Monday, that is at the Skylark. That is Monica and I co-hosting and recording it for posterity to be broadcast uh, or to be podcasted uh, at a later date. We're looking forward to getting out there and seeing you there. So please uh, plan to be there early. We're going to have a lot of fun doing It's it going to be so fun. Oh, my God. We're going to have a good time. And as always, let us know what you think. Rate us and review us on iTunes. Rate us and review us on SoundCloud. Uh, email us and let us know things that you want to hear us talk about that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, we would love to get your input as much as you are willing to give it. Monica, do you have anything else to say to the nice people? Yeah. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> let's call it a podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Let's get trivia, trivia.